Welcome to the podcast for Central Hall MCR, a hub for social justice and a centre for mission and service in the heart of Manchester City Centre. Our aim is to share the faith that is within our building out into the wider world, so we'll bring you the sermons from our monthly worship and at other times reflections on the season or work that we've been involved with. This is our pilot episode and so I decided to act as guinea pig for our first foray. But who am I? Well, I'm Karen Attaway, the Stakeholder and Communications Manager for Central Hall MCR, but I've also been a Methodist local preacher for nearly 12 years. This month's sermon title is a simple statement. This is me. The reading this morning is Mark 3, verses 13 to 19. Jesus appoints the twelve. Jesus went upon a mountainside and called to him those he wanted as they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, who he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and brother John. To them he gave the name Bonerges, which means son of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of of Alphaeus, Theodos, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. If you've been to one of these services before, you'll know that we've always linked them to some kind of celebration or festival. Over the last few months, we've celebrated Lent and Easter, Pentecost and Ascension. And then we came to July. And we really struggled to find something, anything, with just a little bit of gravitas. As I was looking for something to hook today's service onto, I did find out some really interesting things, though but nothing that was a religious celebration. So, did you know that on the 5th of July in the year 328, Constantine's Bridge built over the Danube between two places I'm not going to try and pronounce, today was the day it was officially opened. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked out what they, that means its anniversary is, but it's a long time ago. Did you know that today was the day that P.T. Barnum was born in 1810? Or that in the year 905, Chinese Chancellor Liu Yi died? Or that even today is Tinwald Day in the Isle of Man. You didn't know any of that? Bet you. (laughs) I I have hecklers in my own circuit. I don't come here to be heckled as well. She has a yellow and red card. I can bring those next time if you'd like. But if you didn't know those things, I bet you're really glad you came along this morning, aren't you? In the grand scheme of things, the 5th of July appears to be a fairly normal day. In fact, so is this week, and so is pretty much the rest of this month. But as I was looking for that hook for Ian to base his sermon on, I spotted something that caught my own attention, and that's when I thought of our reading from today, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I have found myself up here. The reading from Mark chapter 3 tells of the appointing of the disciples 
and lists the twelve who he called to the mountainside. Simon, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Simon and Judas. There are two things that strike me about this list. Firstly, they are named as individuals. We know who they are and for some, who they are related to. As the passage from Mark continues, it would be near impossible to keep track of who was involved with what, where they were, or what they were doing if we had not been told their names. Nor would we know the links between them as individuals. The name of each of the disciples is as key to the whole story of Jesus as it is to those individual people. And although only early in their lives as disciples, at this point... They are already starting to be distinguished not only from each other, but also from their past lives. The second thing that strikes me is the disciples as people. Each has their own story, their own history, their own background, and more than likely their own reason for accepting the calling of Jesus. And in the same way, Jesus would have had his own reason for calling them into the group. Although Mark was not one of the disciples, he was clearly someone who was close enough to Jesus to be able to document the things which happened throughout his life and ministry. To this end, he's been able to give a good account of what happened to each of the disciples during their time with Jesus and afterwards. When they were called, the disciples all had very different backgrounds. They were fishermen, a tax collector, a thief, a zealot, so someone who is engaged in politics and anarchy to overthrow the Roman government. That leaves five of the disciples that we don't know the professions of, though I would be surprised if there wasn't at least a carpenter or two amongst them. Each of the disciples was also a very different person in terms of who they were and how they approached their time with Jesus. They questioned, or very much didn't. They debated and agreed amongst, disagreed amongst themselves or kept quiet and only listened to the wisdom of Jesus. They doubted and denied. They stumbled in their faith of belief of who Jesus was and his teachings. One was callous enough to hand Jesus over to the authorities, the man who had called him a friend for three years. There were 12 men called by Jesus to follow him, to learn how to preach and teach and heal. And they were all so different from each other in many ways. And that, that was just the disciples. We know there were also women in the group, women who were from a whole variety of backgrounds, some of which were particularly dubious for a teacher in the Jewish faith to be seen with. And yet they were there in the group. Add to, that the mix, add to that mix those who were not disciples, but who were present for significant moments and parts of Jesus' ministry. Pharisees who were being asking about being born again. Those who were that sinful or felt that sinful that they never expected to be healed. Those who doubted that Jesus could be the one who he said he was, but ultimately became believers. With such a variety of people in his entourage, so many of those who Jesus spoke to would have found a level of solace. Knowing that Jesus chose to surround himself with the outcasts, the schemers, those who couldn't be trusted, those who led questionable lives. 
the disciples and those around Jesus were quite simply everyday folk with everyday thoughts, everyday backgrounds and an everyday outlook. Mark gives us that list of disciples and we know that there were many other people in Jesus' life. Some names we know, others we don't. Names are an easy way of distinguishing one person from another. The name we are given can be unusual, can be chosen because it follows or most definitely does not follow a current trend. Or it could just be that it was easy to find in the baby name book. Connor had been a girl, he would have been Abigail because that was as far as I got and I was bored. But a name is only really there as a way of easily identifying us. It's there of a way of qualifying who we are, not quantifying what we do. A name cannot shape who we are or what we will become. Just because we shame, share a name with someone who is the best or worst at something does not mean that we will be that way too. A name cannot lead us in a particular direction just because it was given to us for a specific reason. And so, no matter how we are called to be followers of Christ, no matter what that calling looks like, no matter how we live out our faith in the God that loves us, we should all be able to be loud and proud and say, this is me. I will live out my faith in the way that is best for me. I will live out my love of the one who has sent to save us in a way that shows that I am blessed and unique individual that God created me as. I will allow my life to be shaped by those things without changing who I fundamentally am or what I look like or what I believe God is calling me to focus my life on. When I trained as a local preacher, I met a woman on a training weekend. She was in training too and told me that I would never be made welcome to preach in any of the churches she preached in, purely based on how I looked. She meant at that time the red hair, the visible piercings and the slightly non-conformist way that I dressed at the time, you know, because <coughs> I'm totally run of the mill now. <laughs> she told me that they would only ever accept a preacher that looked like a traditional preacher. I'm not sure what one of those looks like, if I'm honest, but clearly it wasn't me. I was, however, rescued from that conversation by one of the people training us. He took that conversation down a completely different route. And with a little sideways glare of disdain, he asked me what was next after local preaching. And so I told him my plan. And he said, good. I shall look forward to seeing you in your ministry. That person was the Reverend Graham Thompson, the new president of conference. The ministry I'm in now may not have been the plan at the time, but when he comes to our next service in September, I shall look forward to sharing the story of my journey with him because he was part of it. I didn't realise at the time what I'd go through to get here, but I am me. And I'm living my life in the love of God and following my sense of calling to help those around us find out about the ways in which the work of Jesus carries on today. You see, just as with the disciples and those who were close to Jesus, you have a name, but that is not who you are. It is not what you stand for. It is not the thing that will make you stand up and shout, this is me. 
That is your inner self, your calling, your faith, your knowledge and experience of his love. It is the very essence of who you are. So go out there and tell the world, this is me. I'm made in the image of God that loves me and loves you and loves us all. We're all here to love and serve the Lord in the ways that ignite a fire in us and make us want to shout out, this is me. Put me to your will. Find your calling. Find your fire. Find your people. And when you find those things, shout your faith at the top of your voice or in a quiet, still way, whichever is most appropriate for you. You see, Jesus surrounded himself with a whole variety of people so that he could be open to a whole variety of people. He chose the variety so that those who came to hear him could see that all were truly welcome. He chose that variety so he could understand all those who came to him. God calls us to be children of God. God calls us to say, this is me, and tell our stories so that those we meet can start to hear their own story in the love of God. For those who haven't spotted the link, though, Today is P.T. Barnum's birthday, and I'm asking you to shout out, this is me, just as Letty does in The Greatest Showman, the film loosely based on the life, but such a powerful song. So today we do celebrate. We celebrate you. We celebrate you as everyday folk with everyday thoughts and everyday backgrounds and an everyday outlook, because you are the people that Jesus surrounds himself with. The people who see the world through everyday eyes. The people who can say, this is me. And people will recognise themselves in you. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our first worship podcast here from Central Hall MCR. We haven't got a service in August, but we have got one in September, so keep an eye out for that being published. In the meantime, keep an eye out in case we've put any reflections up or some bits of snippets about the work that we're doing here at Central Hall MCR. Join us next time.